And I know these guys are excited and they're going to give a powerful word that God has put on their heart. Um, for those that don't know, we have disciples in the making here at this church. Um, all these men go to men's discipleship every Friday morning faithfully, very, very, very early, very early. And it's not only just the place where, where you go, but every single time it's just, it's just like a church service. I'd almost say it's better than a church service in my eyes because you're, not only are you always going to get something, you can ask questions. We don't have to stop the message. And pastor is always willing to pour in, pour into the men. Me and my wife talk about it all the time, and she gets jealous that she can't go. But I share the messages with her too. And it's just a thing where it grows you. I can honestly say that's probably been the biggest thing for me in my walk and being able to grow and be challenged is stuff that we get in men's discipleship. So men who don't go, I believe we'll have a Friday morning here. Start now. It's never too late to start. And not only that, just it's just amazing to be in a, in a church and a fellowship that, that discipleship is so important. We see so many guys all over the place that they love the Lord, but they've never really been discipled. And, and therefore, it's, it's hard to make it on this walk if you've never been discipled, if you've never had somebody teach you one-on-one. -on -one. So these guys are a result of it. Um, I know they're excited. I know Pastor does what he does. They, I think they thought it was next Wednesday, and it got changed on them. God is with you. <laughs> and they don't know the order. They do not know the order. I kind of want to take some more time and mess with them, but it's... That's not my place. So we have three young men that will share the word. First up, we'll have Jerry, then we'll have Santos, and we'll close it out with Dave. So let's give Jerry a big hand as he shares what the Lord put on his heart. Good evening, everybody. So in case you don't know who I am, I'm Jerry Crespo, and I'm going, to, I'm going to be preaching the word that God's put on my heart tonight. So excuse me for fumbling a little bit, trying to be the first one. It's a little bit more nerve-wracking. <laughs> but uh, so the title of my message tonight is True Forgiveness. And <clears throat> uh, one question that I really want to ask everyone, and Please don't answer, because sometimes it could be a little bit nerve-wracking. But um, is that, you know, how many times have we had someone do something wrong to us and ended up saying, well, you know, I forgive them, but I'm never going to forget what they did. And in the end, we have some sort of grudge against them, or we have to just kind of be a little bit more careful on uh, what, where they're at behind us and stuff like that. So I used to be one of them, but... Glory to God, he's uh, been able to work on me. But I want to turn over to Matthew 6, 14, and 15. And I'm going to be reading out of the ESV version. It's a little easier. And it says, For if you forgive others of their trespassers, our Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their trespassers, nor will our Father forgive you of their trespassers. It also says in Luke 17, 3 and 4, Jesus mentions, pay attention to others. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And 
If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, turn to him seven times saying, I and he, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, and then turns to you and seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive him. So here Jesus makes it very clear for us to make sure that in order for us to have forgiveness from him, we have to be able to also forgive others. And it's not just us that, had a, that may have a problem with it, even Jesus' disciples. Uh, Peter was one of them. And he mentions this in Matthew 18, 21 through 22. And then Peter came and said, Lord, how often my brother sins against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus says to him, I do not say seven times, but 70 times seven. And back then that used to be a lot. So obviously multiplications kind of multiply quite a bit now. But I mean, Jesus makes it very clear that no matter how many times we have someone sin against us, that we need to forgive. <clears throat> so I have an example. Uh, one thing that I had a little bit of trouble really having to forgive was my brother. My brother was one of those always in trouble, getting into mischiefs, um, but he likes to use my name a lot. So sometimes I get a random phone call saying that, hey, you've got a warrant out for your arrest. Uh, and <laughs> it's never fun, especially when you've never been in that particular town. But, but you know, even then, you know, I have to find forgiveness in my heart for him. You know, pastor preached a message not too long ago about mercy and grace. And that really made me open my eyes to see that, you know, sometimes, you know, God works either through mercy or through grace for each individual. And it could be different or he may work both ways. And um, that was one of those things where, okay, now I got to look at it as, you know, if I keep forgiving him, keep showing him love and compassion, he will change his ways. Not that, you know, I can't keep hoping, but God's going to touch his heart because he's done it to me, and I know he's going to do it to him. Another example is um, my mother. Now, some of you have met my mother before, and she's loving at times, and sometimes, you know, mothers can be mothers. And um, she's one of those also that I have sometimes a, tr a trouble with forgiving because she's, she's, she can be disrespectful, but she's your mom, so you try to still show her respect, but when she turns to disrespect my wife, it's, it's a little harder, um, and so, but the Lord still says, you know, we have to forgive, and then he says this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will straighten your path. He also mentions in Ephesians 3:32, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as Christ God forgave you. So there, you know, we have to forgive others. But I want to switch it up a little bit and also go to where there are times where we have trouble forgiving ourselves. 
something that we've done wrong to someone else or even we've done to ourselves. And an example for me would be uh, many years ago when I was a kid, I, um, I went over to my grandmother's house and I had some cousins that were living there and they had made a mess in, their, in, in the house and my grandmother was like, no, you gotta clean up, even though it wasn't in my mess. I was like, no, I'm not cleaning this. I left and went home and a few minutes later, my grandmother came knocking on the door, little to my surprising. So I decided to go answer the door and my mother and grandmother were pretty abusive so as soon as I open the door I get a big huge smack in the face. So instead of taking the correction and moving on, my first reaction was smack her back and I actually regret that because I never got a chance to actually ask for forgiveness for that and she ended up unfortunately passing away. But in that particular example, we get to where it's, it's difficult for us to find a way to be able to f- forgive ourselves for something we did wrong. And if God can forgive us of our sins, we should be able to find it in ourselves to forgive ourselves as well. And in 1 John 1 and 3, it says, If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It also says in Romans 8, 1 and 2, There, therefore, now no con- condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Jesus Christ from the law of sin and death. So here, you know, it, it makes it you know, very clear. You know, we... As long as you believe in Jesus, as long as you confess your sins, we get forgiven. So I encourage all of us to be able to ask for forgiveness, first of all, for what we've done wrong to just being a sinner in general, but also to forgive ourselves because that's one of sometimes the hardest things that you know, us as individuals have is being able to forgive ourselves. So... In conclusion for me, you know, I know that I've wronged many people in my past, and I am truly sorry. God's forgiven me for my sins. I forgive those that trespass against me, and I thank you guys for just this opportunity. And uh, I'm going to be able to pass the mic on to Brother Santos. They asked me if I was if I've been nervous to do this, and I was I had a dream this morning. I was sitting back there where Tito's at. I didn't have no notes. I didn't have a Bible. I didn't have my notebook. I had nothing. And I, for some reason, Joe was up here preaching, and I was like telling my kids, "Where's my stuff at? Where's my stuff?" And so it's like, no, nah, I'm not nervous. <laughs> so the title of my message is, uh, "What do you have to offer?" It says. This question woke me up a, a, a few weeks ago, and it's, it's been uh, working in my heart and my mind for, for quite a while. And it's like, you know, we, a lot of times we sit down and we, we're praying and we're asking, almost like he's a genie and he's, a, he's our, our problem solver. And we're just asking, Lord, do this for me, do this for me. I need this, I need that. 
But when, when do we get to a point that we get with God and he can ask us, what do you have to offer for me? What can you do? You know, and uh, it just, it's, just, it's just been, that, that has been uh, coming into my heart. It's really been working on me. And it's just something that, that God has been dealing with me. And, you know, I, he just wants, wants me to realize that he wants to do great things through me. You know, but I'm, I'm, I have to put aside what I, I need and put what he wants in front of me. And so uh, I'm going to read out of, out of Matthew 16, 15 through 19, and it's through the New Living Translation. Man, I did not look at the clock. <laughs> All right. It says, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbid." In heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You know, to me, I related this this story to to a business aspect. I'm not sure why God was dealing with me with it with, in this sort sort of way, or why I understood it like this. But Jesus was telling Peter, "I'm about to start a company, and you're the rock. You're where I'm going to start it at. You're my You're the foundation that I'm building it on." I can turn the page. So, you know, and he was, he was given the keys to, to, the, to everything. You know, he was given, and that's, that's what he's doing to us. He's, he gave us the, key, the, the keys to the kingdom. And serving God is like working for the best company in the world. You know, there's Fortune 500 companies that don't have the benefits that he has to offer. And so, you know, we, it comes with an everlasting reward. That's what he has to, he has to offer. There's no, no other company that has this for us. You know, and most of us have sit down in, uh, for an interview, and we, we've, uh, we've been asked the question, you know, what, what can you do for, for this company? What can you do? You know, and uh, we'll, sit, we'll sit there, answer that question. That question usually comes when you're in a manager's position or supervision's position, something like that. that those are point, key points. The company wants to know, what are you doing? What are you doing to... To better our company, you know. So this this is something that that. Uh, oh man, I can't remember. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. You know they're gonna they're gonna invest some time some time and some money in you, and then. And this. This next few verses, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to read a. Uh, John 21, 15, 19, 15 through 19. And it says, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him, Jesus, Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you, then take care of my sheep. 
Jesus said a third time. He asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question the third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed, this, you dressed yourself and went whenever you went, wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and, and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said to this, let him know by what, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would, be, he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So, there's a couple of things that Jesus was doing here. He asked Peter three times. First, he was asking him, to, uh, do you love me? Feed my lambs. First of all, he was restoring him from his past denials. You know, so he, he, he denied him three times. And, you know, it could have been, I kind of like what uh, Jose had mentioned about Judas. That, uh, if, if Judas would have asked for forgiveness, I think he would have been forgiven. And, and God would have used him the same way that, G, that uh, he used Peter. But Peter, Peter came back to, to his feet, you know, and he came, Jesus, do you love me? He asked him three times, and he said, yes, then feed my sheep. So he, w- he was restoring him from his previous denials, but he was also conducting an interview. He's, he was about to do something great through Peter, and he wanted to know what Peter had to offer. Do you love me? What do you have to offer, Peter? So in that point right there, we, we should ask ourselves that question. We should put ourselves in that place. Instead of Peter, Santos, do you love me? Feed my sheep. What do you have to offer? What do you guys, Joe, what do you have to offer? Tito, what do you have to offer? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. So he's, you know, he's conducting an interview. He's doing more than, than, than just... Uh, He's asking him those questions. Feed my sheep. Now the baton has been passed to us. We are part of the company that Jesus built through Peter. The church, what, what you have to offer. You know, what do we have to offer? And I want to leave the, these, these few things with you. Companies have employed employee and safety manuals. The Bible is our, man, our manual. Are you reading it and following its instructions? Are you waking up? every morning are you share are you, are you getting in that word you know because when I saw my life failing when I was not when I was coming to church and I was not living what God wanted me to be living I was not reading my Bible I was not getting up in prayer so this is the manual this is what he gave us this is the best manual it's the safety manual you want to stay safe go to this you're in trouble go to this you need something go to this you know, the next one is companies have meetings. Our, our company owner wants to have a daily meeting with us. That's through prayer. Are we getting on our knees? Are we, are we seeking him? If we don't seek him, we're not going to find him. You know, and that's what we need to do. If we're going to be, be, be saying that we're always struggling, we're always struggling with, 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 Christ, with Christianity, with our walk with God, what are we doing that is not pleasing him. Are we, are we walking the walk? 
Are we getting up in prayer? Are we getting up with, with our Bibles in our hands? It's not, it's not rocket science, guys. It's not like, we, you know, I know it's, life's hard. It throws us curves. It throws a lot of things. But the answer is always Jesus, will always be Jesus. You know, so, and then the third one, are you willing to expand the kingdom? Are you willing to expand the kingdom? He says, as a, what do you have to offer? Are you willing to reach, teach, and send? Are you willing to wake up at 5.30 in the morning on Fridays and be here to be discipled? To, be, to, you know, to grasp more, to learn more? And we can't learn more by, by sitting down watching TV, by being on our phones, by hanging out doing nonsense because I guarantee you it happens to me guys when I grab the Bible a hundred other things are more important than grabbing the Bible <laughs> so you know when you when you get up and I, I used to always say you know because pastor would always say get up early do it early do it early and I was now I'm better at night I'm better at night and I wouldn't read it I wouldn't pray so what I put in my heart this this start near was you're going to get up half an hour earlier, and start doing it. You know, if it, what I was doing wasn't working. So I got to change something. I can't hit that wall a hundred times and say, it's going to move. It's not going to move. So we got to start doing something different. If the pastor's telling me, if, 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 if my leader, my, you know, he's my leader, he's who I have to answer to. If he's saying, get up half an hour earlier, then let's do it. So... I leave you guys with this. I sure thank, the op thank Pastor for the opportunity and thank God for allowing me to speak up here. And brother, I pass it on to you. Amen, amen. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but uh, the reason why I was stalling just now is because I had to break the wind. Break the wind for some of you guys that don't know what that is at the pass gas. Because I'm nervous. I feel like I'm playing in a basketball game right now, man. It's crazy. Praise God. I got the text on Monday from pa I got 10 minutes, guys. I got 10 minutes. I got, 10. I got the text from Pastor on Monday, and Pastor said, hey, what do you think about going on Wednesday? And so I said, I don't think about anything. I don't want to go on Wednesday. <laughs> but how many of us know that when pastor says, what do you think? He's telling you, you're going on Wednesday. <laughs> so here I am. How many of us know that in difficult times are a part of our life? It's inevitable, right? We have choices to react to whether we want to. Re we have choices to react when troubled times come, to either run from God or run to God. We know what running from God looks like for Jonah. God told Jonah to preach to the Ninevites. Jonah ran away and was swallowed by a whale. And we also know what running to God looks like from many, many great men in the Bible, such as Moses, such as David. But one in particular I want to uh, highlight is Moses. When he was at the Red Sea, what did he do? He cried out to God, and then God made a way. Sometimes we can look at our troubles and think that God can't fix this. But scripture says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 5, 
And who can win this battle against this world? Only those that believe Jesus is the Son of God. I want to share with you all a, 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 a quick story. It's about a farmer and a donkey. It says, one day a farmer's donkey fell down into a well. The animal cried loudly for hours as the farmer tried to figure out what to do. Finally, he decided the animal was old and the well needed to be covered up anyway. It just wasn't worth to retrieve the donkey. He invited all of his neighbors to come over and help him. They all grabbed a shovel and began to shovel dirt into the well. At first, the donkey realized what was happening and cried horribly. Then, to everyone's amazement, he quieted down. A few shovel loads later, the farmer finally looked down into the well. He was astonished at what he saw. With each shovel of dirt that hit the donkey's back, the donkey was doing something amazing. He would shake it off and take a step up. As the farmer's neighbors continued to shovel the dirt on top of the animal, he would shake it off, take a step up. Pretty soon, everyone was amazed that the donkey stepped out over the edge of the well and happily trotted off. Life is going to, throw sh life is going to shovel dirt on you, all kinds of dirt. The trick is to getting out of it, with getting out of the well and shake it off and take a step up. Each of our troubles is a stepping stone. We can get out of the deepest wells with Jesus. Amen. The title of my message is Trusting God in Difficult Times, as I've, already, as I've already said. And I would like for everybody to turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out and started out leaving the crowds behind. And I'm sorry. I'm reading out of the NLT, excuse me. So I'm going to go back to verse 36. So they took Jesus into the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although the other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, high waves breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Looking into these scriptures in the beginning, Things were going great before Jesus had entered into the boat, right? Jesus had done a lot of miracles to a lot of people during that time, and the disciples were right there with them, and they seen it, right? So things were going good. They all heard a great message and went for a boat ride with Jesus. But in the will of God, the disciples were in God's will, but in the will of God and on the boat Jesus, with Jesus, there was a problem. A storms happened. So in this scripture alone, it talks about one storm, but I want to highlight later that there were multiple storms that happened here in the scripture. God didn't promise that things would be smooth when living for him. He promised that we will see hard times through. In fact, in John 16, 33, it's a promise. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. Not might, we will have trouble. But it also says, the second part says, take heed, for I have overcame this world. 
Back to the scriptures. Many of the disciples were professional fishermen, so they knew how to handle water, fish, storms, etc., etc. So when professional fishermen get scared, how many of us know it's a big storm? <laughs> now, the storm itself was a merciless storm. It was trying to consume the disciples and everybody in the boat, including Jesus. I know a lot of us have been in situations in life to where it seems certain trials are consuming us that we don't see no way out. Just like that donkey in the previous uh, story that I just mentioned, he didn't see a way out of that well, but he got out. I heard a great, a great quote before, and it said, and it was it, it particularly, it, it talked about storms itself, right? And so it says, a storm is always designed to increase your faith and give you a deeper experience with your God. Now, let's define what your God is. Your God can be fear or your God can be Jesus himself. But we have to make that decision to choose. In the passage, there are three storms, as I mentioned earlier, that I wanted to cover. There was multiple storms. So the very first one was, it's a circumstantial storm, right? The disciples had no control over the weather. They had no control over the seas raging. They had no control over the water tipping inside of the boat. So it's something that they had absolutely no control over. The second storm that I want to cover is they were terrified, right? They were scared. So we have a storm of circumstances, now a storm of emotions. Number one, we have no control. Number two, we have control how we react through the circumstance. The third and final storm that I want to talk about is a trusting in Jesus storm or a theological storm. Number one, they have no control. Number two, they have control to, of how they react. And number three, they have control of who they put their faith in. So the disciples freaked out. <laughs> they woke Jesus up. Don't you care? I know in scripture, I forgot where exactly it's at, but it says out of a man's heart, the mouth speaks. So each and every time, each and every day, we have to check and where our hearts are when difficult times come, whether we run to Jesus or whether we run from him. And here in this, in this passage, the disciples ran from Jesus. Don't allow your circumstances to dictate your emotions and don't allow your emotions to dictate your faith in Jesus. Scripture says in John 4:24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So the disciples questioned Jesus, don't you care? The disciples seen all of the miracles Jesus had did right before, that, right before they got on the boat. But when Jesus wanted to do a miracle in their life, they questioned him. Be quiet, the storms, Jesus, oh, excuse me. So they woke Jesus up and Jesus says to the storm, be quiet and the storm cease. God never wants your circumstance to trump his word in his presence, because Jesus was on the boat too, and the disciples looked at the circumstance more than Jesus. So in conclusion, don't let your problems override God's promises. Speak to that storm that you're in through scripture, of course, and it is then we will experience freedom and move, and it was, speak to the storm that you're in through scripture. It is then we will experience freedom the more we hold on to his word. Thank you. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Bow your heads tonight, if you would, and close your eyes. Father, thank you for these words. Father, thank you for teaching us tonight, Lord, that we can hear your voice. All across this place, as we're listening to these messages, God, about forgiveness, what can I do for you, and how to handle the storm. Lord, these are three amazing life experiences that we all face. God, a balance across the board of probably the biggest areas that we face in our lives daily. How to, how to handle the things that people have done to us, how we react to those storms, having the right attitude and the right spirit towards those things, and then getting through all of that to be able to say, Lord, this is what I'm going to bring to the table so that I can make a difference in someone else's life. Father, all across this house tonight, you're speaking to us individually. Every single one of us are in different places in our walk. We're in different places in our faith. Some of us are just beginning. Some of us have been here for a long time. Some of us have fallen and gotten back up. Some are coming into a storm. Some are coming out of a storm. Lord, all across this house tonight and those watching online, there's so many stories represented. And these words given tonight are the answer to those things. If we have that forgiving heart, God, we realize that you forgave us. That you were merciful and compassionate on us, God. That while we were still sinners, you died for us. And Lord, you helped us to realize that we can go through storms. And as we go through those storms, we realize we're going to have storms with or without God. But who is our God in those storms? And God, if we could get through those emotions of unforgiveness... And feelings through the storms and get to that place where we say, no matter how I feel, no matter what I'm going through, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to make a difference for you. Those disciples, especially Peter, were full of emotions. And Jesus pulled out of him what he needed to pull out of him to show him that he was, had more to give than he thought he had to give. All across this place tonight as you're praying, you, you're, the devil's telling you, you're not good enough. You don't have enough talent. You're not available enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. You've made too many mistakes. You've fallen too many times. There's all kinds of lies the devil's going to tell you. But the devil's a liar. And God has a plan for you tonight. He has a purpose for you tonight. He wants to do great and amazing and powerful things in your life tonight. And he wants your life to touch others. We learn from each other. As these disciples tonight have, have given their hearts of what the Lord's dealing with them on their lives, you've received that tonight. You've resonated with that. you said, man, I'm going through that too. I'm facing that. And tonight God's given us an answer to those questions. But tonight we got to know that we know that we know who Jesus is. Do you know of Jesus tonight or do you know him? How many all across this place? Front to back, side to side. In this house, you're listening to my voice. You're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you do not know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Maybe, maybe fear is your God. Maybe knowledge is your God. But tonight, you're not, you're not surrendered to Jesus. And tonight, Jesus wants you to surrender to Him. Tonight, how many all over this place could say, Pastor, I need to surrender to Jesus as my Lord and Savior tonight. I've never done that, and tonight is the night I want to put my faith in Jesus. Would you just quickly slip up your hand 
put it right back down, say, pray for me, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus to come into my life. I need Jesus to take over. I, I need to surrender to him tonight. Maybe you're watching online. You, you don't even know who we are. You just stumbled across this, this Facebook or, t- or YouTube page and the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. Maybe you're here in this place and you've never even heard the gospel or you're watching online. You've never heard that Jesus loves you. Tonight we're here to tell you Jesus loves you and he can forgive you right now for everything you've ever done. Maybe you're here and you know Jesus, but you're not walking with him. Wednesday night's a good night to get back on track with God and say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm starting over tonight. The mercies of God are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. How many could say, Pastor, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord tonight all over this place? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down all over this place. We're going to say a prayer and then we're going to move in a different direction. I want to ask everyone in this house just to stand with me, if you would, and just stay in this attitude of prayer. The Holy Spirit is here tonight. Amen. He's ministering to us. We're going to say a prayer for those that are listening on the podcast. Remember, when we come to church here, it's not about just us. It's not about just those of us in here. You know, I was telling Carla earlier, we were doing the report for March. We, we had, sometimes you don't even realize what God's doing. We had... I forgot what the number was, close to 30 people, 30-something, 29 people get saved last month in our services that we visibly saw come forward for salvation. And this month already, we're only halfway through the month, we've already had 26 people get saved. God, God is touching people's lives, amen? And that's, that's what we see. But what's happening online What's happening on the podcast? We don't know. So it's beyond just these four walls, what we see here. And when we come to church and we tithe, like Brian said, and we give and we pray and we have this service and people get up and preach, we don't know what's going on on the other side of that camera. We don't know who we're affecting, who we're touching. So this prayer we're going to say is so important because tonight someone could be sitting in their car. They could be coming out of jail or going into jail. They could be going through some struggles. And these words from these humble hearts that they spoke to them, and we're going to say a prayer all together. And tonight they can get saved. Then they might walk into church Sunday. Or we might never see them till heaven. But Jesus touched people's lives tonight. Amen. So I want everyone to say this with me. For those that are watching online. Those that are listening on the podcast. Lord Jesus. We come before you tonight. With humble hearts. Realizing that we're sinners. We're lost without you. Jesus. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Without you, I'm nothing. I believe that you came down from heaven and you lived a perfect life and you died on the cross for all of my sins and I ask you to forgive me tonight with your precious blood that cleanses me. I also believe that you rose from the dead and defeated death. I confess that with my mouth. I believe that in my heart. Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I'm saved because of what he did on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise for whatever he did tonight. Amen. All